Okay, take us away. All right, well, after uh, much ado about nothing, <laughs> we are live on YouTube and uh, streaming live. Thank you so much for, for joining us at Pop Cult X, episode 80, um, talking about pop culture events, topics, etc., from a Gen X point of view. So we'll go ahead and get started. If you guys have any questions for us while we're streaming, please hit us up, um, send us a question, and Danny will read it, and we will uh, answer your question as soon as possible, or if you have any comments about what we're talking about. So with that, let's go ahead and get started, Danny. Uh, what is going on? What what uh, what have you been watching, listening to, reading, etc.? Well, quite a few things, um, actually. Uh, the first one, and it was high on my to-do list or to-watch list, I guess, and it finally was released last weekend, and that was Weird, the Weird Al Yankovic biopic, the totally truthful biopic, and it was it was a blast. It was so much fun to watch. I enjoyed every minute of it. And, and, you know, it's a, it's a revisionist history in a way, but it was, it was really fun. Daniel Radcliffe did a great job and in parodying Weird Al. I think that's the whole thing right now, a parody of, right. Um, Yeah. But he did a great job. Evan Rachel Wood did a great job as Madonna. And there were so many cameos in there. It was crazy. Every time I, I look at the screen, there's, Oh, that's, is that what's his name? It sure is. And are have you seen it or do you plan on watching it? I haven't watched it yet. I plan on watching it. So my first question is the people that do cameos, is it the real people or are the artists being portrayed <laughs> by someone else? They are the the celebrities are playing a part. So it's a cameo as them in character. So it's not themselves. So like the so whole list. Give us an example of of one of the cameos without spoiling it. Uh, Conan O'Brien. Okay. A cameo of someone I won't say who. Okay. You'll recognize him. Um, who else was in there? David Dasmalchian. Is that how you say his last name? Um, the guy who played uh, Polka Dot Man and Suicide Squad. Okay. He was in there. Lin Manuel Miranda was in there. Um, oh, wow. When Weird Al was actually in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah, gotta find I him. I saw a clip of him. He plays uh like an AR kind of guy, right? Yeah, he's a record uh, exec, yeah. The young weird out about possibly mm -hmm. getting a contract. Um, I I actually saw his interview on The View this morning, and hmm. it just reminded me of what a like nice guy he is. Um, mm -hmm. I think that he's one of the few people that is I mean, I don't want to call him wholesome, but he's just kind of good fun. He's, yeah. I, I don't really feel that any of the parodies were done with a, a mean-spirited, you know, attempt to try to make fun of anyone. It was all, you know, in admiration, I think, of all the different artists. Mm -hmm. um, in the interview, he actually talked about how Prince was one of the few artists that wouldn't allow him to parody him. And I thought that was kind of interesting that everyone else gave him permission to do that except for Prince. But uh, it, it really made me want to watch the movie because I, I haven't listened to a Weird Al song probably since uh, <laughs> Almost Paradise. I know oh, that he had another. That's in there. Hit. Yeah, he had um, a song that was a more recent hit. But by then, um, you know, I was already well into adulthood and I didn't really listen to that kind of, you know, parody type music. But he's he's very interesting. And I like the take of doing a biopic movie, but as a spoof of a biopic movie. Exactly. Not mm -hmm. exactly how it was done. So mm -hmm. it's sort of the way he makes fun of, you know, music videos and pop exactly. culture. He's making fun of in a way or... Of himself uh, in a way. Fun of, 
of a biopic um, because as you know, in his words, he said that biopics are sort of formulaic, you know, they all have the same uh, formula that they follow yeah. and he didn't want to do the exact same thing. Um, <laughs> I did was interested in hearing that Madonna is played by Evan Rachel Wood and she is sort of a villain. Is that right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's what they call the Yankovic bump, right? That's what the whole thing when Weird Al did a parody of the song, that actual artist received a bump in their record sales, right? So Madonna right. really wanted to have that Yankovic bump. So she went through the process of, you know, maybe seducing him, maybe not, of trying to get her record parodied by him so that her sales would increase. It's funny because I heard an interview when he did, I think, with Jimmy Fallon and that um, he only met Madonna for like 45 seconds. But then she's throughout basically the whole movie. So yeah. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. It's really cool. Um, yeah, I think I agree complete with you that he did a great job of turning the biopic on its head. So it's not what you expect, because especially the twist at the end, I wasn't expecting that at all to happen. And it was really great. And yeah, you should watch it. And it's free on Roku. Yeah, nice. Um, I will definitely be checking it out. Um, I, I think speaking of Madonna, um, she has been in a couple headlines. I don't know if you're on TikTok, but uh, she uh, is, or not TikTok. Actually, she does a lot of Instagram and TikTok. Um, but she does a lot of videos of herself, like in various states of undress. Um, okay. The subject or the the controversial topic being, you know, is she too old to be dressed or acting in, you know, in, in such a way? Mm. Um, I, I think that there is no age limit to act however you want to act. Yeah. I like the sure. way she has her hair. It's pink. You know, um, the only thing that concerns me is that, you know, like the potential of like if she's doing any substances that are making her a little kooky or whatever. Um, I haven't seen anything that would suggest a hundred percent of that, that she is doing <laughs> any sort of, you know, illegal activities or, you know, abusing anything, but um, it looks like she's having fun. You know, I hope that we all have fun at that age and can still maintain our, our relevancy and still be cool. Um, so I support her. You know, there are some things that I don't like that she does, particularly when she was going against Lady Gaga and sort of making somewhat derogatory comments about her. Um, that's kind of where she she lost me as a fan. But I've always respected her as far as her ability to take from various, you know, cultures, uh you know, trending, you know, fashion um, sounds and, and kind of blended into her own sound and her own look. So um, I, I'm on the the camp. I'm in the camp of, you know, let her do whatever she wants. She's an icon. She's a legend. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, I, I hear you. Have I'm, you seen any of, of her, her new iteration? No? No, you I should definitely check it out. It's interesting. And she definitely does not look the same. She's, uh, I think she's, you know, uh, taking the, uh, what would you, how would you say that, you know, she's, she's um, had some work done and, okay. and, you know, I think that she looks good. Uh, you know, you can take plastic surgery or fillers as far as you want them to and create a look that you are <laughs> happy with. I think she's gearing into a look that is kind of obvious. It's not subtle, but mm. if that's what she wants okay. to look like, then cool. Is there like a point of no return with that? You mean, or like you know, you go up to a certain point, you take one more step, and it's like 
oh, it's downhill. I think with fillers, you can have them dissolved or they, you know, you can do stuff to get it removed. But mm. as far as like Michael Jackson would be a good example of like, mm-hmm. you can't add a nose back. Like he basically removed his nose. So if it, if it was something like that, then yeah, there's no going back. But as far as fillers and Botox, I think that for the most part, it's, it's kind of reversible. Uh, so hopefully, you know, if you decide to ever get fillers, you can always change your mind. <laughs> okay. just, you know, I'm just making mental notes for the future. Yeah. You know, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting closer and closer to the, to 50. So we want to look as youthful as possible. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of getting older, uh, I say this only because I was watching a new Hulu series called Reboot. And it's a very fun series. It's it's basically about, like I say, a 90s TV sitcom called like Step Right Up. That's what they called it. And think of something that would have been like on ABC, you know, TGIF type of thing. Yeah. And they, 30, 40 years later, they're trying to reboot it with the original cast. Of course, they've all aged 20, 30 years. And the, it's just a, a very fun show. I mean, the cast has like uh, stars, basically Keegan-Michael Key, Johnny Knoxville, um, Judy Greer, Paul Reiser, and those are like the main characters. There's also uh, Rachel Bloom and uh, some other characters. I'm looking at their IMDb, and it's just it's just a lot of fun. And it really basically is about a show within a show. So I was chatting on some people on um, Mastodon, which is a topic we'll get into later. And they basically they they were TV writers who've been in that situation, and they said they it pretty much captured what the feel is of when you're creating a sitcom in the writer's room and the day-to-day basis. So I highly recommend it. If you haven't had a chance to watch it, it's on Hulu. It's called Reboot. Go watch it. Yeah, it sounds interesting. There are a lot of actors that are involved that I really like. So I'll definitely add that to the list. You should. (laughs) Yeah. So um, one of the things that I did this last weekend, uh, was it this weekend or last weekend? I, I, don't recall, but I don't think we talked about it. I went to go see Terrifier. It was actually before Halloween, okay. um, but we had our interview with Maria Wolf, so I didn't mm-hmm. talk about it. Um, Terrifier 2 is obviously a sequel to the Terrifier Part 1. Um, it is, for those who are afraid of clowns, like probably a very terrifying <laughs> movie. The killer or like the Jason or Freddy of the, the uh, movie is this really crazy clown. The thing that sets this movie apart from some of the other slasher flicks is that they go buck wild when it comes to the killing scenes. Like it's Mm. very graphic. It's uh, very intense. Like it's not a quick like stab and go. (laughs) It's very involved. Uh, So it, it is very terrifying. There are moments that just like any like throwback 80s horror movie, there's kind of moments of of humor, um, some stuff that's kind of cringy. Uh, but it was really, it actually, I really liked it, even though I, I was forewarned that I might get grossed out by some of the, um, the gore, um, it actually didn't really gross me out because it was, it, none of it looked really realistic. Mm-hmm. It looked just like a gore horror movie, which really didn't bother me. Um, but it's, it was really good. The cast is really good. The, the, the last girl, if you will, in the movie was really good. She's very charismatic, um, played a great part. 
And uh, I think that we'll probably see more of this killer clown, uh, probably at least another one or two. Uh, but I'm actually surprised I didn't see many people dressed up as him this Halloween or the previous Halloween because it's a really iconic look. I don't know if you're Googling it right now, but exactly. It's pretty creepy. Yeah. <laughs> that is a yeah, that's a pretty creepy looking cr- clown. My goodness. Yeah. So I know that there's a lot of people that claim to have fear of clowns. So I imagine mm-hmm. that this would probably be the worst nightmare, but <laughs> it was actually really fun. I enjoyed it. So I recommend it. It's still, I think it's still in theaters. Um, and it it's very much like a throwback to those like 80s horror movies of the past, which I'm a big fan of. Very cool. Yeah, I I I enjoy those. I've found myself enjoying horror movies a lot more recently for some reason. I've never really I mean, I like them. They don't really scare me still, but I enjoy the filmmaking and storytelling of them a lot more this past year, really. So I, I will track down Terrifier 2 and watch it. Yeah. Another one that we watched was The Barbarian, which was really one. interesting. Yeah, it's on HBO right now, HBO Max. It's it's interesting. It's unique. There are some <laughs> twists to the plot that that were surprising. There are some parts of it that were annoying and kind of aggravating. You know, the believability of some of the actions of some of the main characters was a mm-hmm. little like uh, that's what I've heard. That would yeah. really happen in the life. But once you get over that, it is kind of a thrilling ride. It's a uh, it's not really scary. There's a couple places where there are some good jump scares, but it's a little creative. And so I I, I like whenever creators veer away from the formula of yeah. horror movies mm-hmm. past. Um, and so that does a good job of that. So that one is something to check out. Even though Halloween's over, scary season's over. For me, horror movies are always in season. So if you're, you're like me, definitely check it out on HBO. And I was going to sneak this in here because I know you're not a fan of it, but I watched Top Gun Maverick <laughs> this past weekend and it was really good. I enjoyed it. And I know you don't like Tom Cruise, but I don't think this movie is just about him. It's about um, everything that the character had went through and and how he deals with his trauma from his past. So it's a really good movie. The flight sequences, my goodness, those were amazing. And I think maybe I watched it for that, but they were just they were just amazing. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. Nothing about it appeals to me. <laughs> I don't like the cast. I don't. The only thing that is good about it is the Lady Gaga song that she wrote for the mm-hmm. film. That, that's really the only thing that kind of interests me about it. But um, you're right. I'm not a fan of Tom Cruise. Not a fan, really, of movies about the military or like jets or airplanes or any of that sort. So I, I probably will never watch it, but I'm glad that it entertained you. It did entertain <laughs> and me. It made like a ton of money, right? Like, Yeah, it did. It really yeah. did. It's interesting to see that he's still a moneymaker, even in his old age and and he's still doing action movies which is mm-hmm. kind of crazy yeah and he's still a draw so that's quite interesting people are go when he makes a movie except for you but people go yeah. watch him so i'm curious with with him obviously being probably the most famous scientologist out there if any of the court cases that are <laughs> currently going on will have an impact on his likability um, considering that America is is you know such a gung ho you know Christian 
you know, society that, you know, some of that, that kind of kooky stuff that, you know, he may or may not believe in if they, that has an impact on, on his likability. Um, because, you know, people in America love their Christian. So um, not that Scientologists aren't Christian, but <laughs> there is some controversy with, you know, what they believe in. And then mm-hmm. most recently, with Danny Masterson, I think he is getting uh, in, he's in, in trial right now with some allegations of, uh, I believe, some bad doing. So um, I'm curious to see if that will have an impact on him or other Scientologists, because there's a ton of them, right, in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, there, there is. And I I didn't even, I don't know, I don't even think about that at all. Maybe I should pay more attention to it, but I don't. Do you ever see them in Vegas? Like, do they ever have like tables sitting there to hold their little machine and, and read your vibes or whatever it is that they do? I've never seen that here. No, they have it. They have it here in San Diego. I just saw it because they they have a building here in that like downtown Little Italy area. Right, right. I I think I've seen that. Yeah, they they had an older man the other day, like on the sidewalk, and they were uh, doing their thing. And normally, when you drive by, it's kind of an empty building. It's like a huge building, and it's see through, Mm -hmm. nothing but windows. Um, and normally not a lot is going on in there. But uh, just recently. I did see them, you know, possibly converting or at least having a conversation with someone <laughs> that's what they have to say. So um, I, I do find that religion fascinating, along with a lot of other religions um, and what people are willing to do or not do for the religion. Yeah. Uh, you know, similar to to like the Mormon religion or faith or, you know, even Catholicism or or Judaism, you know, it, it's interesting, especially right now, because religion is such a hot topic with all the anti-Semitism that we're seeing out in pop culture, uh, you know, people claiming to be Christians running for Senate mm-hmm. and whether or not they really represent Christian values is, is one thing or the other, but uh, religion is really interesting to me. If, I don't know if it's a cult, if it's what, you know, what the deal is, but. Um, and that's a very thin line too, between religion and cult, I think. When when uh, an organization can dictate you spending time with your family and order you not to be around them, I think that's like a really weird, dangerous mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, and that's across the board. Like, like I mean, Scientologists famously do that, but mm-hmm. so do Mormons, so do Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of religions do that. They they you know whenever someone in power sees that maybe a family member might have a negative impact on you. They're like, Oh, cut them off. Like, don't talk to them. Right. And it's like, wow, you're putting a lot of power in someone's hands to determine whether or not your family member is good or bad for you. Mm-hmm. That's, I, that's, I, I couldn't do that. That's crazy no. to me, but to each your own. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of putting power in someone's hands, let's talk a little bit about um, Twitter and the $44 billion purchased by a one Elon dude and, and how that's basically um, kind of backfiring in a way because now a lot of advertisers and users are running away from the platform at as fast as they can because of um, what he's bringing back into it. And basically the, the decisiveness that he's putting into it and, and bringing, allowing those accounts that were either banned or suspended to regain their platform of hate and whatnot. So I, I, I hate it 
because I really enjoy Twitter. I enjoy the fact that I can interact with um, not just celebrities, but like-minded people who, who, you know, we could talk about pop culture stuff and that stuff like that. And I, and I hate the fact that it's being dismantled in a way or changed to a degree where it's not going to be the same as it was. Yeah. Um, I, I did delete my Twitter, like maybe was it last night or the day before okay. um, I went on and I was sort of scrolling through things and you know, it, it, the topic obviously of whether or not you're going to stay on Twitter or if you're going to mosey on somewhere else was obviously in my head. Um, I didn't have a knee jerk reaction of like, Oh, you know, I need to delete it as soon as possible. But when I was looking at the benefit of having the Twitter account mm-hmm. and the interactions that I have, it just, it, at the end of the day, it really like, it's just a waste of, it was a waste of time for me uh, to speak frankly, frankly, uh, there was a lot of people that I felt that I would be able to have connections with through Twitter that I didn't, which, mm, okay. Okay. So that, you know, that's, that's one thing, like connection with people that, you know, like, like-minded people that you say, uh, I didn't really have the sort of interactions that I would hope to have with them. Um, I had more interaction with people that like want to make <laughs> that are negative or yeah. then involve me in, you know, back and forth. That was more, of a common occurrence than mm-hmm. positive. And a lot of the stuff was, was, I don't know, a lot of people promoting their own stuff, which I don't mind. Um, and, and actually I'm, I'm one to like, I, I, I use Twitter to promote other people's stuff, like whether it be their comic book or their music or whatever I like, if I happen to like something, like I'm the first person to go on Twitter and say like, Hey, this book just mm-hmm. came out. Mm-hmm. Um, go buy it. Um, I, I like to do that to, to support people, especially people within uh, underrepresented communities like the LGBT community or, um, you know, the BIPOC community. But um, when I don't see that that is is kind of that gesture is returned, then I'm just like, what I, am I just like helping? Yeah, people sell I know what you mean. Yeah, are. Mm-hmm. not even gracious or grateful that I'm helping them out. Like I, I know that there, I think it was random house. It was asking people to list their favorite books and talk about their favorite books. And I was like, Oh, that's like right on my alley. Like I love mm-hmm. to read. I love sharing, you know, good book recommendations. And someone's like, you're doing their advertising for free and you're not getting paid. And they don't support, you know, small writers. They don't, um, they're the establishment. and so. It is just a lot of stuff that was kind of like I was thinking about kind of weighing heavily on me and I just decided to get rid of it. You know, nice. it, it wasn't worth all that stuff. Not that, you know, I had it's going to miss me. It's going to move on without me. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> I think Whoopi Goldberg was probably one of the more famous people that I'm aware of that that deleted her Twitter. Um, and And so obviously her presence will be missed because she's a very articulate, funny mm-hmm. um, person that, that I like to hear what she has to say, but it, it just was not, it was not, it was, it just wasn't fun. It just wasn't really yeah. my thing anymore. Um, yeah. I hear you. So I, I have Instagram now and I post my pictures on Instagram and I have a lot of interaction with people on Instagram, but um That'll have to be it for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can figure it out, it's a little bit um, 
higher of a learning curve is a new platform called Mastodon, which yeah. is what I moved over to. Well, I don't want to say I moved over because I still have my Twitter account because yeah. I'm on the fence. I don't know if I could just make a, a break and just purely be there. I don't know. I still like those connections that I've established there. And um, yeah. I like some of the comic book writers and artists that we've had have been from Twitter that we've been able to speak with them. Right. And I think um, Jacob Edgar, who did the ones he, I saw his tweet that basically like all of his comic book work and artwork have come, has come via Twitter. So it's an mm-hmm. interesting platform. And I really hope that um, the, the greater good or the public will have their voice heard and somehow get the platform back to where it was, or even to a better place than where it was, because it was, like you said, full of hate, full of decisiveness, and that needs to go away. And Mastodon right now for me has been really finding people that share um, similar interests. So right now I'm in all these groups that have like movie buffs and film buffs, comic book buffs, and it's still building. It's still there. I think they just barely crossed the 1 million user platform or number. So as a comparison to Twitter, which has like 396 active million, 396 million active users. So I noticed James um, Gund was one of the most more higher profile person that just started their account over on Mastodon. And he shared an image of um, Lobo from DC Comics on there. It's like, hey, I'm here. And it was a picture of Lobo. So I was like, ha, is he hinting that that's going to be his first project? in DC because that would be really fun imagine one of my favorite um issues of Lobo is I think it's called the para paramilitary Christmas special where Lobo fights Santa Claus I don't know if you've ever read that one or not but it's such a fun issue so uh, uh maybe maybe James Gunn is trying to tell us something or maybe yeah. I'm just making stuff up for you know YouTube <laughs> wishful thinking <laughs> there um, you go I, I'll have to check it out because like like you said we have had some some good interactions with with you know some of the artists and writers and creators that we've had on the show. Um, I, I wish that there was a site where creative people could exist and talk about their art and their creations and promote each other without like the politics, the hatred, the mm-hmm. derogatory comments. Uh, I don't even know if that would be possible. Like anytime anything is created the negativity just kind of flows in even yeah, on Instagram. That's true. It's supposed mm-hmm. to just be like pictures and snapshots of your life. People will post memes and uh, political videos and stuff like that. And it's like, that's not even like, that's what Twitter was for. Like use right. Twitter to do that. <laughs> um, so we'll see. I don't know. I don't know if I'll stay away from Twitter forever. I think that it is a good tool to, to be able to, to, find people i mean mm-hmm. for for us to find guests and for us to be able to come to the work because um we obviously have you know an eye for um you know smaller talent like we're obviously not calling jim lee to have him on our pod- <laughs> well, podcast i tried but- he just didn't return my call <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's where you see a lot of those people posting their portfolios yeah um posting you know their first issues of comic books that are coming out or or their first book uh, so there there is quality content that comes in it's just i don't know maybe i thought that it would send a message or or you know i just need a break from it but no a break um, is good a break is very good and i wish i could do that from all social media just you know 
not use my phone for a couple of days. That would be just blissful, but I can't. Do you find that you're on Twitter more than anything or are what what is your social media platform? Right now it's Twitter and the new Mastodon. I'm equally between those. I think if I was doing more photography work, I'd be on Instagram more because that platform is more visual than say yeah. Twitter is. I think Twitter is good because it's mainly text-based. Um, don't really use Facebook that much. Uh, not on TikTok. I have it, but I don't use it. Never had Snapchat. I don't even know yeah. how to use Snapchat. Um, what else is there? There's one that I started or I created an account with a long time ago that might I might jump back on. It's called Vero, V-E-R-O. And it's really for creative people like you were saying. So it might be something worth checking out and it's it's no yeah. algorithm. So you just see your whole display or your whole feed just you know by when it was inputted, who you follow and whatnot. So Vero, check that out. Yeah. Um, I, the, I, I think recently I've been spending a lot more time on TikTok just because um, the dog videos, like I love dog videos, they're funny. <laughs> and I've gotten really good at being able to figure out how to get my feed to only be like positive stuff and eliminate any political or painful stuff. Um, And, and I think that it is just, you know, liking every single dog video that comes up, saving it, um, reposting it, et cetera. So that they know like a hundred percent, I just want to see. This is what I want. (laughs) Yeah, Um, And it worked. Like I, I, that's pretty much what comes across my, my, uh, my page. Um, so I've been spending a lot of time on that, but Instagram will probably always be number one with me just because it's visual. Um, mm-hmm. and that's where I post my work, uh, and where I share my work and kind of help promote some of the people that I'm shooting. Um, so that'll always, hopefully it, it stays in somewhat in the same format that it is because sometimes things change and then it kind of ruins it. And then you have yeah. to go find some other social media app. Um, so hopefully Instagram just stays like that. Just nice pictures. You can like it. You can comment on it. Um, eliminate the whole, you know, how many people like it. I, I think that that was a lot of pressure for a lot of young people. Just get That's rid true. of that. Yeah. You can let, you know, let people know that you like it, you know, you can like, and you get a notification, but you don't need to know like, Oh my God, I only have, you know, 500 likes on this picture. Like, <laughs> I, I think that is the, it's the instant gratification of it as well, right? So you create something that you like, that you think is fantastic. You put it out there for the world to see. But if you all you get is crickets, it makes you question yourself, right? What did I do it wrong? Is my taste level different than other people's? Um, so yeah, if you can remove that notifications and not worry about how many likes or comments or retweets or whatever you're getting, I think it will be a make it a little bit more of a happier place for you. Yeah. Cool. So that's the whole Twitter debacle. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last thing I have um, is last week, as you all know, you guys watched the interview with Maria Wolf. Maria, thank you again for coming on. I wasn't here because I finally got to go watch Hamilton, the Broadway musical live in Las Vegas. And it was fantastic. I, I've seen it many times on Disney Plus platform. I've listened to the the um, soundtrack many times, probably more than I care to admit. And it's yeah. it was seen it person being there. It was just 
great. I knew what was coming up, you know, because of my knowledge of the show. But for me, as a visual storyteller, photographer, the lighting scheme that they used, and you can't really get the grasp of it watching it on the TV, but they're in person. Oh my gosh, it just blew my mind. It was just so great. And it just really enjoyed how they use light to to communicate the emotion, to communicate the storytelling, where the visual, where your eyes need to go to, to capture the whole story. And it was just above everything else. The actors did great. They were wonderful. Performances was great. But I was just enthralled with the lights. That's just me. <laughs> Just throw up some pretty lights and you'll be happy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take much to entertain you. Just some no, flashy just some lights. Light. There you go. Yeah. I'm like a cat, I uh, guess. <laughs> it's been some some a couple of years since I saw um, Hamilton. Again, it's not really my thing. I, I'm not a music, you know, mm-hmm. musical theater fan. I, I have sort of grown to appreciate the the work that goes into creating a musical. I mean, I have been very fortunate to have seen some like really good musicals. Uh, like recently, Hades Town was really entertaining. Um, a lot of stuff. I, I, yeah. I've i seen a lot of good stuff. But um, I, I think that when I go to see a musical, the one thing that that really impresses me is just the talent of the people that are, oh, yeah. are performing. I mean, they can mm-hmm. set dance, they can sing. Um, they're giving it their all regardless of whether or not they're on Broadway or in Vegas or San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it's really admirable. Like I wish I had the ability to sing because um, it's just amazing to hear their voice live. It, it's so different than when you're listening to it on like a soundtrack or, or uh, on television, when you hear it live and their, their voice just fills up the theater and uh, you can hear the passion in their voice it's just, it's really magical. And that's yeah. the thing that I like the most about it, whether it be the actual music or or what they're talking about, the themes of the, the musical. Um, I'm just impressed by the actual talent that they have vocally mm-hmm. that they're able to do that. So, um, yeah, definitely. definitely a lot of talent when it comes to the Hamilton cast, uh, you know, the original cast and the touring cast, they're talented, cra- crazy talented people. So, mm-hmm. yep, I always completely agree. That. <laughs> yeah. So would you say that that's one of your top five favorite musicals? Is it your favorite musical? If not, which is your favorite? Goodness, it is a top five for sure. I haven't seen, believe it or not, I haven't seen too, too many of them. I mean, I, I've performed in like Into the Woods and Guys and Dolls. So those are automatically, since I was in them in high school, those are two of my top favorites. But Hamilton, um, that and the opera was really good. I really enjoyed that. Um, what else would I put up in there? Uh, I haven't seen Wicked. Her, that's pretty good. <laughs> Actually, no, I think Ariana Grande uh, in that movie fairly soon. Right. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. They're filming it right right now, which is really cool. And in the Heights, I've only seen the movie production of it, but that that's really good. Another Lin Manuel Miranda. Um, yeah. Tick Tick Boom is good. Rent has to be at the top of list for me because i've listened to that soundtrack many 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 times as well so between rent and yeah. hamilton those are probably one and two for me going back and forth either way um yeah. then into the woods uh stephen sondheim is just great 
And yeah, I'll just stop with that because I don't know what else. Yeah, those are some good ones, right? Like modern day classics, I think, yeah. you know, as far as Rent and um, Hamilton and um, the, there's a couple that I've seen recently that were were really good. Uh, one called Lempica, which is mm. based off of um, the female artist who's famous for like that art deco style. Okay. Um, that one was really good. That was really entertaining. The story and the plot was really interesting. I don't think that it's actually navigated or gone to Broadway yet. It was still in, in the uh, workshop. Got it. Probably, you know, part of of its uh, creation, and we were able to see it in in La Jolla. Um, the La Jolla playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I saw um, Jersey Boys there. And that was really fun. You know, the Frankie Valley story with um in the four seasons. And that was yeah. that was a lot of fun. That was before while they were workshopping it as well. Yeah. Have you seen Moulin Rouge the movie? Not yet. It's on my list because of what we spoke about before, how they use the modern pop songs mm-hmm. to tell the story. And I love how when yeah. they do that. I feel like you'd like it um because of the music and the actual the musical itself was really fun. It wasn't, you know, overly, uh, you know, in too deep as far as having to think about the plot. <laughs> very simple, but it was uh-huh. just a lot of fun. It, the music that it, they had in it, it was just kind of like, oh, you almost want to sing along to it because it's pop song. So that one was a lot of fun to see recently too. I think it's coming to Vegas next year. Maybe I'll go watch it. Yeah, you'd have lived to check it out. The set's really cool, um, and. The songs are are really cool. I mean, you're going to, I knew pretty much all of the songs. There was like maybe one or two songs that I was like, which song is that? But for the most part, the pop songs that they have in air are like super top-notch pop songs. Very famous. I'll go find the movie and I'll watch it before next week. I think it's on Stars. If you have Stars, I just saw it. Oh, okay. I was going to watch it the other day. I think I, I don't free trial. actually watch it from beginning to end. But I'm a huge fan of Ewan McGregor, and I, I really yeah. like Nicole Kidman as well, and John Leguizamo. Like, the cast is amazing. Like, you just start talking about the cast, and it's like, <laughs> I, so I don't know why I haven't sat down to watch it, probably because it is a musical, but um, that I will have to watch from beginning to end and actually watch the whole thing. So Okay, so next week, we're talking Moulin Rouge. Well, I think that that wraps it up for this episode, episode 80. We covered a lot of pop culture ground this week. Um, Thank you all for tuning in, for stopping by. Be sure to subscribe with that little button down there somewhere. Um, That way you get notified when we go live again like this. And you can tune in and you can leave comments and and yell at us and tell us what we're doing wrong. So with that, uh, anything else you got for this week, Gabe? Uh, that's all I got. All right. <laughs> so we will see you guys next time then. See ya.